Welcome back. What up, what up, what up? It's AWOD here on a Thursday, Thursday, September 21st, live and local from Richmond, Virginia, Monday through Friday from 12 to 3 p.m. here on Richmond's home for the Washington Commanders, the new sports radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. That's 833-804-0910. It's time for the Richmond Commander. It's time for the Richmond Commander. Are you ready for some- The phones are open. It's your chance to be the quarterback of this segment. There's something I like to say. Every day at 1 p.m. on AWOD Radio, the Richmond Commander. All right, so we want to get back into AWOD's film review, but if you want to chime in, phone lines are open, 833-804-0910, where we left off the Commanders were down 21-3 to the Denver Broncos. They get the ball back down 21-3, and I felt like the offense really forced things on that drive, all right? I get it. You're down by 18. You were desperate to make something happen, and I think Howell and Biennemi would like that drive back. Howell started by throwing his first, his second interceptable ball of the day, and I wonder if that was him thinking, hey, I'm trying to overcome too much right now. Uh, Luckily, the tip ball went through a defender's hands, and this was another drive it was the first drive of the game where I did not like the play calling. They went to Samuel on a throw, uh, basically a throw behind the line of scrimmage on second down, set up third and long, and Howell uh, had an inaccurate throw to McLaurin, and the commanders had to punt. At that point, you're screwed. You're down 21-3. to You need your defense to make a play. You know what happened? The defense made a play. Jamin Davis forces the Russell Wilson fumble, and just like that, the tide started to turn. Howell gets the ball back at the 50-yard line, escapes the pocket, had Dotson open, finally hits him for four yards. Took too long, but his feet were able to keep the play alive. Got to give Howell a lot of credit for that. After the flag, uh, he was able to throw a bullet to Terry McLaurin for 10 yards up the middle. And that is my thing with Sam Howell. He is at his best when he's throwing in between the hashes. He looks like freaking Andrew Luck. I mean, these are laser beams, absolute rockets, missiles, when he gets to throw the ball just straight up the field for 10 to 30 yards. Howell gets a face mask on a sack attempt, and all of a sudden the team gets a first down. First and 10 from the 35. You know what we get, Christopher? Give me a ding. We get our fourth screen pass of the game. This one, a little bit of a wrinkle. A tight end screen to Cole Turner. Offensive line protecting well as Robinson runs for a first. Howell hits Bates for six yards. Second, Setting up second and short once again. And like I said, anytime Washington has second and short, you're seeing the enemy's creativity. And you're seeing it take over here in the red zone. That's what I love about his play calls. I didn't see it coming. Curtis Samuel goes in motion like he had already done four times previously in this game already. And then they hand it to him on a jet sweep. And he's able to get a really good chunk, about 15 yards, and set up the Commanders with first and goal. Howell's pass is tipped uh, on second down. Might have had the throw, but he forced it. On third down, they miss. And you know what? Eric Bieniemy, to my surprise, says, hey, you know what? We're going to keep the offense out here on the field. We're down by 18. We might not get this close to the end zone again. What happens? They throw to Logan Thomas. Cats, concussion, huge hit. Hopefully Logan can return in a few weeks because that was so clutch making that grab. And then unbelievable two-point conversion. Got to give Brian Robinson a ton of credit for single-handedly pushing the pile forward. And just like that, Washington from down 21-3. It's 21-11. The defense gets a quick three and out. 
and it's 21-11. Washington gets the ball back. Hal tries to take a deep shot on first down. It's covered. It was the second time that I noticed here. Like I said, Gibson was wide open on the check down. Hal didn't see him until too late. And that's the one mistake that Hal has made throughout the first two weeks is trying to force it downfield. He's keeping his eyes downfield and missing some of his guys open underneath. All right. Through two weeks, though, he has really shown me the ability to convert two-minute drives. The hurry-up offense is comfortable for him. It's something he ran quite uh, a ton in college, and after a good throw, he runs up the middle for 13 yards. It was a great read. Uh, Hal steps up in the pocket then and fires an unbelievable ball down the sidelines to Jack Bates. It was such an impressive throw that I decided we got to take a math break, Christopher, and break this play down here, all right? My first... Uh, Pythagorean theory of AWOD's film review. You ready for this? All right. So, Hal throws that pass to Bates from the right hash mark, the 26-yard line. The hash marks are 23.58 yards from the sidelines. So, with a little math, A squared plus B squared equals C squared. It tells you it's 23 squared times 4 or plus 40 squared. Sam Hal threw that pass, all right, 46.43 yards in the air. 46.43 yards in the air, a dart to the sidelines. That's why you did the triangle there. He's from the right hash mark, hits Bates for, uh, I mean, just an incredible throw. 46 yards through the air, ended up getting the team 40 yards on the ground uh, with that play. And the commanders would score on that drive and go into the half down 21-14. The first drive of the third quarter, week two. In Mile High against the Broncos will forever be known on AWOD Radio as the D. Payne three and out. Deron Payne single-handedly stopped Denver. First and 10 from the 25. He gets a sack. Second and 19. A two-yard tackle for loss on a handle. Third and 21. Russell Wilson tries to complete a short pass to the right. Doesn't matter. Deron Payne gets his hand on it. A D. Payne three and out. And Washington gets the ball back with a ton of momentum. Down 21-14. They would go on to score, 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 and score. This one, a five-play, 57-yard drive, concluding with the most impressive pass of Howell's young career, a 30-yard touchdown pass to Terry McLaurin, in which he stepped to the left in the pocket and threw a YOLO ball up that McLaurin came down with. Just like that, it's 21-21, and momentum has completely shifted towards the way of the commanders. Russell Wilson then throws an interception. Emmanuel Forbes gets his first pick. Joey Sly unable to connect on the field goal. Broncos get the ball back. They take the lead with a field goal, and you're thinking, oh, no, did the Commanders just stop their momentum there? Nope, they get the ball back. The offense is humming at that point. Six plays, two passes to McLaurin, two runs to Robinson, one throw to Cole Turner, and Robinson runs into the end zone. The Commanders down 21-3, now take their first lead, 28-24. Washington's defense Forces a three and out, and they drive the length of the field once again. An eight-play, 64-yard drive with a ton of runs, including Robinson running for about 12 yards into the end zone. And just like that, Washington up 35-24. to 24. They should have cruised to victory at that point. That's an argument for another day. Russell Wilson drives the length of the field, gets a field goal, gets the ball back, and then somehow converts that Hail Mary. But you know what? They miss the two-point conversion. It's not going to blow my mind after doing the film review if Washington can beat the Buffalo Bills. 
I, I don't think the Bills have looked great. All right? Preseason, all offseason, I was telling you this is a loss. Now I'm talking myself into a win. Even though the Bills have won eight of their last nine regular season meetings against the Washington Commanders, dating back to 1993. One of the primary reasons the Commanders have had early season success, though, it's the balanced offense. Second-year quarterback Sam Howell averaging 250 passing yards per game. Ryan Robinson, he has the eighth-most rushing yards in the league with 146 through two games. Here's the problem, though, for Buffalo. Washington's defensive line has to force Josh Allen to beat them. He cannot. We cannot allow Buffalo to pick up five- and six-yard chunk plays on first down and setting up the second and short. All three of the running backs for the Bills have been involved against the Raiders. James Cook had a career-high 169 yards. Latavius Murray got a goal-line touchdown. Damian Harris got a goal-line touchdown. And head coach Sean McDermott said of the team's rushing back, I was very pleased and impressed with the balance attack there. Physical at the line of scrimmage, com complementing both the run and the passing game. The more we can hand off to Cook and these guys, and they're getting five and six yards a pop, staying in front of the chains, putting us in second and short situations, now we can hand it off again, or we can take a shot. That was from head coach Sean McDormand, and it is something absolutely that Washington will have to focus in on. If you let Buffalo get these second and short opportunities, that's when they're going to burn the top off your defense with a deep shot. Phone lines are open if you want to chime in. It's 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new Sports Radio 910, the fan now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open throughout the show. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. So I will save my keys to victory, Christopher, until tomorrow's show. Uh, but right now I do want to go through the pathways to success for the Commanders against the Buffalo Bills. I want to chime in real quick and let everyone know that Adam did get the math correct on his Pythagorean theorem earlier. Oh, he got it correct. Go. He got it correct. All right, good, good. Because it was such an impressive pass by Howell that I didn't want to say, oh, it was just a you know a 36-yard pass to Bates because he, he caught it and then he ran some. I wanted to show accurately just how good of a throw it was from the right hash to the sidelines. That's a 46-yard throw. And he threw it on a dime, a laser beam, freaking rockets. Love it. All right, so here's the pathway to success for the Commanders against the Buffalo Bills. We were just talking about how Sean McDermott said it is so important for his running backs to be able to get five and six yards a pop. That's going to be key for Washington. How do you beat an elite quarterback? Force him into third and long constantly. All night he needs to be behind the chains and forced to make throws that they wouldn't normally make. Washington's defense has actually done pretty well against elite quarterbacks in recent years. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Joe Burrow have all struggled against Washington's defensive line because of their ability to force these quick throws. Now, the Bills rank second in the NFL in average time of possession per drive, three minutes and 40 seconds, and second in total time of possession at 36. Last year, they ranked 18th. So they've done a better job this year at keeping their offense on the field. That's going to be one of the pathways to success for Washington. I want them to control 
the time of possession. I want Washington's offense on the field way more than Josh Allen because simply Josh Allen can beat any defense in the NFL if you give him enough time. Defensively, the Bills' front is aiming to build off the dominant showing they had against Vegas in which they limited Josh Jacobs to negative two yards on the ground. I mean, that is going to be so key for Washington because Brian Robinson Jr. was awesome last week. All right, so one of my pathways to victory absolutely is feed Brian Robinson Jr. He leads the team not just in rushing touchdowns, but also in receiving touchdowns. You have to feed him while he's healthy and he's hungry and he's running people over right now. Do not let Sam Howell have 30 first-half passes again. I don't even want him to make 20 first-half passes. You have to rush the ball early and often, and then you have to stop Buffalo's rushing attack. They have three guys that they're going to use, all different strengths. I am nervous for James Cook's ability to run the ball around the outside. We've seen Washington's defense struggle when opposing teams run pitch passes or pitch plays and sweeps, and they get around the defensive end. You know, that was a big play that the Broncos made where they got outside of James Smith-Williams. One play they got outside of Montez Sweat, and they're picking up like 10 and 15 yards chunk plays simply because they're running around the outside. James Cook has the, has the speed on the outside to burn us. And Latavius Murray... He's been, hey, Christopher, do some research. How long has Latavius Murray been in the NFL? It feels like it's 10 years now, and it feels like he's burnt the commanders every single time he plays against them. He's a big, strong, physical back who uh, can really hurt you at goal line situations. That's going to be key for Washington uh, for sure. The Bills' websites, all the Bills Mafia blogs that I was reading, they really believe that Dalton Kincaid the tight end, is close to breaking out. Now, I was wondering with Joe DiBiase of Sneaky Joe, uh, Sneaky Joe Sports, if he would consider Kincaid to be an X-Factor, but he said no. Kincaid is a major uh, impact player on the offensive side of the ball, sometimes even a focal point. I thought that might have been Dawson Knox. Uh, he believes it is going to be Kincaid this weekend. Latavius has been uh, playing for nine years. Nine years. 2014. Yeah, and he's been around uh, several different teams, and, and he's just Killed Washington three or four times. Yeah, like six or seven different teams. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. He's had a he's had a really strong uh, NFL career. All right, here's here's something. I believe it's going to take Washington thirty plus points to defeat the Buffalo Bills. Thirty points, and I think Sam has that in him. Washington last played Buffalo at home in 2015, Week 15, and they have a three and three record at home against Buffalo all time. But the last time they played the Bills at home. They claimed victory 35-25 to thanks to four touchdown passes from Kirk Cousins. That's what I'm looking for from Sam Howell. He's got to put up 30-plus points like Kirk did to beat the Bills at home. Washington is looking to snap a current two-game losing streak against the Bills. Both of them came on the road. Um, so this will be the first home game against Buffalo since 2015. With the win, the Commanders would have a three-game home win streak. Dating back to 2022, their longest home win streak since 2018. There are a few local ties in this game and connections between the two teams. Rivera and McDermott go back to their time they spent together as assistant coaches for the Philadelphia Eagles. Rivera made a few stops after that, but when he was hired as the head coach of the Panthers, he actually brought McDermott over from the Eagles to be their defensive coordinator. So it is... Uh, guys that are very familiar with each other. The coaching duo reached the playoffs three times together 
and won the NFC Championship in 2015 with Cam Newton. The defense was incredible with Luke Keekley, and the team went 15-1. and This year, Mark Cervera's fourth season with the Commanders. And the first three seasons, the team started slow. They've gotten to a hot start this year, and they're looking to go 3-0 for the first time in 15 years. Now, McDermott, it's his third season uh, there, and in fact, it's the third time McDermott and Rivera will go against each other as head coaches. Uh, The local tie, of course, Stefan Diggs is from just outside of D.C. He's only played in his home state twice his NFL career, both times coming with the Vikings. I was at both of those games. And he destroyed Washington. How? Passes across the middle. These little drag routes. He's got so much speed that if you play zone defense against him, it's nearly impossible to stop him. In those two games in D.C., FedEx Field against the Commanders, he had 17 catches for 242 yards and one touchdown. You've got to focus in on stopping Stefan Diggs this Sunday. Uh, You also have Tim Settle who, of course, was drafted by the Commanders in 2018, played for them up until 2022, signed with Buffalo as a free agent. Deontay Harty and Christian Benford also are from Washington, D.C. So those are the local ties. Uh, my X factors for the game, I really think it's going to be Cole Turner. With Logan Thomas ruled out because of that concussion, somebody has to step up. Yes, John Bates made a couple impressive catches across the sidelines, but he's also dropped a few balls in the first two games. While Cole Turner has caught every single pass that he's been targeted, including a screen pass, so they like to use him uh, you know, different parts of the offense, he is going to be my X factor for Washington. If you can get the tight end involved, all right, and then I think you can get Antonio Gibson involved out of the backfield. Then Curtis Samuel. We know we're going to focus to get Jahan Dotson and McLaurin the ball early and often. But can the tight end be a weapon for Washington? They've got to get the tight end involved. I think Brian Robinson Jr. has to have over 100 yards from scrimmage, either you know in the passing game or the rushing attack. And then defensively, you know you got to make it be Josh Allen that beats you. you got to make it be Josh Allen that beats you. It cannot be... Uh, James Cook. It can't be Latavius Murray. Allen so far this season, 274 yards in the win, 236 yards in the loss to the Jets. Hasn't gone over that 300-yard mark, which is interesting because it felt like that has been a staple of his um, career. I mean, he had four games where he got over 300 last year and two games where he got over 400. So Washington's got to limit Josh Allen's passes here. Keep him under 300 yards, and I think you have a shot to win this game. My keys to victory coming up tomorrow. we still got a lot to get to on the show today. Phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. Roddy Jones from the ACC Network will join us at 2 p.m. to go around the ACC. David Harrison to talk a little commanders next on The Fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. If you're enjoying the program and you want to check out the podcast, spread the word. Send it to a friend or two by searching AWOD Radio on Spotify, iTunes, and more. We post each hour of the show every day, and Christopher puts together a best of hour of AWOD Radio that's always available for you on your ride home. Odyssey Richmond is also the home. Of the Washington Commanders here in RBA. Every game can be heard 
here in Richmond on the Odyssey app. And joining us right now to break down the Commanders' Week 3 matchup hosting the Buffalo Bills on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, it's David Harrison. What's going on, David? What's up, man? How you been? I'm doing pretty good, and I'm, I'm getting fired up for this game. And honestly, I've talked myself into believing the Commanders can get the win and go to 3-0. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, they look, they certainly can win, right? I mean, I think that's that's a good way to look at it. You know, will they win? You know, that's 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 a tough thing to kind of promise and guarantee. And you know, full disclosure, I'm gonna I'm gonna have some upset listeners when they listen to my Thursday episode uh, here in a few hours. But I, you know, I predict a, a 27-21 Bills win. But it's not because I think that the Buffalo Bills are just this team that this Commanders team is not going to uh, be able to compete against. It's just. When you when you look what the Bills have done and then some of the schematic changes that they made, really leaning on the 12 personnel, spending a first round draft pick on that tight end. Uh, I talked to Jack Del Rio a little bit that, about that during his press conference today. It kind of shows that you I think you have a coaching staff that maybe is a little bit more aware of what their weapons need, especially their quarterback, and I think that makes them a little dangerous. And I know they haven't looked super impressive to start the the the, the year, even though. Uh, the, the scoring margin against the Raiders last week would tell you different, but if you watch that game, not a super impressive effort uh, from them. But I think, again, with the drastic schematic shift in how they're using 12 personnel this year versus last year, I think you're, you're seeing some growing pains. As soon as they get rolling, I think it's going to be a very dangerous team. Now, I think you say the same thing about the Washington Commanders. What I would really love, Adam, is if we could see this same matchup like week three, but then week 13, obviously we can't. But I think that this, even if it's a loss, as long as this coaching staff and these players take the lessons that they're supposed to take from it moving forward, this game, win or lose, is going to make them a lot better down the stretch. Yeah, no, I totally agree. So you mentioned her hearing from Jack Del Rio. What is the latest from Ashburn Park? What did you learn from today's pressers? Yeah, you know, Coach Del Rio is, is very intelligent uh, for the most part with how he talks to us, so he doesn't like to tip his hand too much, but I think you know that's, that's a good thing. But, you know, being aware of, what the Buffalo Bills are trying to do. You know, as soon as I started asking the 12 personal questions, he knew exactly where it was going to go with it. He said, yeah, well, they drafted a really good tight end. That's why they're using the 12 personnel. But, again, that awareness of what your opponent is trying to do uh, is obviously a key to, to, to getting your team ready uh, to combat that, right? And they have some experience against them. Eric Bieniemy obviously has a lot of experience against the Buffalo Bills from his days with the Chiefs. And when you look at – I would say the last time we saw this team face the Buffalo Bills to now, there are some significant differences. For one – uh, again, you've got Chase Young not only healthy again, but looking more explosive. Uh, I think his counter game has gotten a lot better from the last time we saw him face uh, this Buffalo Bills team. You've also got the, the, the invention and the implementation of the Cinco package here with the commander's defense that wasn't in place the last time they saw Buffalo. And when you go against the defense that's going to go 12 heavy, I think you might see a good amount of that Cinco package uh, here this weekend. So there's a lot of differences there, but then also understanding the aggressive nature of your opponent allows you to counteract that. And the great news today, Adam, is Deron Payne back at practice. You know, obviously we're not going to know if he's going to be full or not to the end of the day. But bottom line, he's out of practice. He told us yesterday he feels good. Uh, and and you, you can't have Deron Payne going up against the Bills if you want to win. David Harrison with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. I'm Adam Epstein. This is AWOD Radio. David, I did my film review earlier today. AWOD's film review. You can rewind on the Odyssey app. Hal was very impressive. I mean, the throw to Bates, I had to stop my film review, pull out my Pythagorean theory, and find out that that pass traveled 46 yards in the air, a freaking laser beam. But there were a few mistakes. Like, I noticed his eyes downfield for a few plays, missing Gibson on a dump off. What do you think Sam Howell needs to work on most? I think he just needs to continue getting better at being 
a smart NFL quarterback, you know, and I think he's already ahead of that learning curve for where he is uh, experience wise and age wise. And, and, you know, it's something that he acknowledged to us, you know, earlier this week as well. Like, you know, he's got to get better at understanding that any completion is better than a sack and, you know, when to come off of a read and, and move on to another one. And, you know, sometimes, uh, especially when they dial up the big hit, you know, the big, the big, ru- the big pass play and you want to really hit that route. Uh, I think it's human nature. You kind of fall in love with it and maybe stick on it a little bit too much. And that internal clock, uh, that he's got is, is getting better. And I think from week one to week two, you already saw that internal clock uh, improvement. I mean, when he, he scrambled on one play and slid, uh, I mean, you know, there's no cheering in the press box, but I wanted to give him the clap uh, because that's a very intelligent move for a young quarterback to make. So if you continue to see that progression, then I think this week, understanding, you know, the Buffalo Bills, uh, they've already done it against Jimmy Garoppolo and the Las Vegas Raiders. They did it in week one, trying to take away the shots, trying to take away the deep ball. The Denver Broncos did that against um, against the Commanders' offense last week. So I think that was a really good primer for this one because uh, schematically, I think Sam's going to see us all have the same look. But being willing to take the five yard or the six yard or the AG underneath and waiting for the right time to take those shots is going to be incredibly important against uh, a better defense in Buffalo. David, Denver scored 21 points early, and then outside of the fluke Hail Mary, did not have another touchdown drive. What stood out to you defensively after the Jamin Davis fumble? Uh, the defensive line impact, honestly, I think was, was the biggest thing. I don't know if it was that Jamie Davis fumble. I don't know if it was, you know, getting beat up on early. But, you know, the defensive line, just for whatever reason, was not getting uh, to Russell Wilson, not being as successful in impacting the game. And, and that's something Jonathan Allen talked about after week one is, you know, from, from a defensive standpoint in general, everybody knows just the defensive team, right? Like if the commanders are going to have a lot of success this season, the defense is going to have to be a top 10, top 8 type of unit. That's what we expect. And for the defensive line, John Taylor says, they look at themselves as the leaders of this team and the leaders of the defense. And, you know, Jamin made, you know, arguably the, probably the first, you know, really, you know, uh, like diffused type of play and, and Cody Barton uh, getting involved there as well. But I think when you look at the totality of that game, whether it was sparked by that fumble or sparked by something else, that defensive line really kind of took over at, a, at one point. Uh, and that, I think, was the difference in, in getting that comeback. David, I appreciate you taking the time to join the show. We're going to have to let you go. There's a ton of background noise uh, going on, but I appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot. Yes, sir. Yep, you're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. So the Bills come into this game, all right, after putting up a ton of points the week before against the Vegas Raiders. The difference is that Vegas' defensive front is not as good as Washington's defensive front. I do believe this is going to be a race to 30 points. He predicts 21-27, Denver wins. Uh, Maybe the score is a little lower scoring because of the conditions of the field, if it's it's raining hard and if it's uh, slippery and wet. But I do think this is going to be a case here of both offenses. You know, look, both defenses will get stops, but I think both offenses – will win most drives, and you'll see teams go the length of the field. I do think this could be a shootout early, and then maybe defenses make adjustments at halftime. But I'm going to say it's a race to 30 points. Whoever scores 31st will win this game. And I believe the Commanders have a shot to get to 3-0 and and stay atop of the NFC East. There's a ton of good NFL matchups this weekend, including Thursday night football between the Giants and the San Francisco 49ers that we can break down on NFL hits. But when I return, I'm dealing with a ton of electronic issues, and it feels like I'm running a Radio Shack in my house. And just like Radio Shack, 
We've gone under. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open throughout the show. 833-804-0910. AWOD Certified Game of the Week. Every week, I guarantee one football game that football fans across the country, football guys, will enjoy no matter what two teams are playing. AWOD Certified Game of the Week coming up at 245. Zach Joaquin to run around high school football here in Richmond at 230. And Roddy Jones talk a little ACC. A lot of good storylines for the ACC games this weekend. He'll hop on the program at 2 p.m. But it's time for a non-sports story of the day, and this one's personal for me. It's personal. And that's because my charging units are letting me down. And I consider myself to be a tech guy, right? Like a techie, all right? I'm the sports nerd. I'm a geek. I understand technology. And when it's not working, it really lets me down. And my charging units are letting me down left and right. Both my cell phone and my laptop are having trouble holding a charge. And it's depressing. It hurts me deep down inside. My phone, here's the thing. I think the phone, the issue, it's not the charger, Christopher. All right? For my phone, I think it's the charging port inside of my dumb iPhone. Oh, I was going to ask if it was Apple. And then for my laptop, which is also Apple, I don't think it's the laptop. I think it's the charger that's the issue. I'm going to have to make a trip to Apple. uh, Yeah, you know, I'm going to have to tell everyone, I can't play pickleball tonight. You know, can't go out for, for beers, happy hour. I have to make a trip to the stupid Apple store because all of my electronics are failing me. Well, how long do you think you're going to have to be at the Apple store? I've, I've never had an Apple store trip that's five minutes. It always yeah. takes forever. The genius bar. Oh, you got to wait online. And then they're going to upcharge you for everything. Where is even the closest Apple store? Am I going to have to drive all the way to Short Pump? I have no idea. Don't tell me I, I'm going to have to go up to Short Pump. You might have to go to Short Pump. I don't deal with the traffic. I stay away from the highway. I take Broad Street. Keep it easy. Well, how long have you had your your phone and your Mac? Uh, The laptop, three years. The phone, probably four, maybe. Oh, that's the thing. They start, they're not meant to last. Yes. They're not meant to last. That's why I haven't upgraded, right? I haven't uh, done the software update because my damn thing, it's losing charge with the quickness. It's down down to 58% now. And I, yeah. you know what I have to do to get it to charge? I have to, like, hold it into the Yeah, charge. you got to, like, hold it at, you got to yeah. get the right angle I know, I on feel the like bend. a loser doing that. I hate it so much. I pride myself on being able to get all my tech junk to work properly, all right? I hate it when my electronics don't work. I've got a phone issue. I've got a laptop issue. Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention, my computer's not really starting up at home. It keeps dying on me for some reason. I don't think the, uh, you know how that one, it doesn't need a charge. It just plugs into the wall. But the wall outlet is like going in and out. And my left, my, my freaking computer's turning off. How about my Xbox? I've been having trouble with my Xbox. I have two smart TVs. One of them is not acting smart right now. I've got, I mean, I've got Radio Shack in my house. And it is really like Radio Shack because half my stuff is out of business. I've got these, I got my AWOD theater that I always talk about with my lighting on the ground there, right? Well, I, I lost the remote for the lighting. It's only red. Can't change the color anymore. I've got this electric light bulb that changes colors. The stupid thing is connected to an app. That's how you change the color. Mm-hmm. I went through every app on my phone. I can't find it. <laughs> I can't find it. That dumb thing's going to be shining purple now for the rest of my life. <laughs> None of my electronics Everything are working. Everything is failing. Everything is failing. 
everything is found. But the most important thing is my cell phone, and it's really pissed me off that I have to hold it in the charger. Yeah, no, that's that's brutal. It's have you worst. have you tried getting like a like a wireless charger? Yeah, the wireless chargers are fine, except for they charge like they were invented in the 1600s. It takes three days for your phone to get back to 100%. It's impossible. I got I got one that doesn't take that long. Where'd you get it at? Uh, my dad. Oh, my dad's not good with electronics. I didn't get anything good for my dad electronic-wise. Unless we're talking about a 50-year-old boombox. He gave me that once. Yeah, my electronics are all failing me right now. And that brings us to another tech story. The first human patient will soon receive a Neuralink device. This is this is Elon Musk's invention here. This ultimately has potential to, quote, restore full body movement. In the long term, Neuralink hopes to play a role in AI risk civilization, risk reduction by improving human to AI bandwidth. By several orders of magnitude, imagine if Stephen Hawking had had this, they say. So basically they're saying, like, if you get injured and, and like, your arm's not working or, or your leg, you know, you're paralyzed, with this chip in your head, eventually you'll be able to use your limbs again. I couldn't be more out on this. I mean, like, no thing. Have, have, let's solve world hunger, you know? Is that still a thing? It was the thing when I was a kid. Let's solve poverty. Let's solve global warming. Let's go back to space before we put stupid chips into our brain. Implants into our skin that are electronic? That's got to cause cancer. There's no way it doesn't. I mean, are you kidding me? It's like it's like Elon Musk grew up never watching a horror movie. Has he never seen iRobot? Has he never seen Ex Machina? I mean, there's a thousand movies... About AI taking over the world, and it starts with us putting a dumb chip in our brain. What are we thinking? They have on their website, if you're interested in learning whether you may qualify for current or future Neuralink trials, consider joining them. I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. I like the concept of giving people the ability to walk sounds great, but it seems like the end line for this is they start projecting McDonald's ads into my vision. Yes, yes. Like I'm walking around the street and all of a sudden I got to stop walking so right. I can watch a 30 second ad right, for yeah, burger right. and then because it's like <laughs> your legs won't work until you get through this ad right yeah I know it's all gonna happen because you know what it all comes back to ads it always does it feels like an episode of Black Mirror reading this right yeah. they say during the study the R1 robot will be used to surgically place the N1 implants ultra fine and flexible thread in a region of the brain that controls movement intention no, I woke up and I thought my brain was pretty good today. I, I don't need an implant. No, you know what? I'm good. That'll do. My brain has never screwed up to the point where I said, oh, yeah, I would love an implant in my brain. I, what? Yeah, I, I, I could never want that. I mean, I guess like like if it's if it's just helping paralyzed people walk, great. But it's it, that's never with with Elon. I, I just don't see that being the, the end no. of this. I, and look, look, like evolution is a real thing. All right. It's a real thing, all right? You, yeah. If you don't, you know, survival of the fittest, you die off unless you evolve. But we were never supposed to evolve to the point where we're building technology and then putting it into our brains. That's not that's not evolution. Evolution is, hey, in 50 years, we might all be six foot three because you can live longer at six foot three. Sign me up for that. <laughs> I mean, are you kidding me? I would be slaying women left and right if I was six foot three. I'm not. I'm five ten and a half on a good day. On a that's, good day. That's above average. It's above average. Believe me. Thank God I'm not a short king. 
All right. Yeah, I mean, hey, the shout out to the short kings, though. Well, yeah. believe me, if you're below five foot eight, you lose a little respect from me. For you? Yeah, uh. yeah, yeah. Like, uh, there's a few guys in this building. Well, a new engineer. Love the guy. Nicest guy in the world. <laughs> saw, him, uh, saw him standing next to Clifford the other day. Yeah. Clifford gained respect. <laughs> That's all I'll say. Clifford gained a lot of respect. That guy's got some height. Clifford, what do you know? Do you know what Clifford's at? What do, do you? I was. Uh, oh no, he's, no, he's okay. not in the building. Why is there? Is there an issue that you need? The and I want to know for? if I'm the tallest in the building now. Oh, you know what? You might be. No, you, are you taller? You're not taller than Zach. I'm six two. I think I, I think I Zach's six three. Okay, okay. And when he wears his uh, hockey sweatpants <laughs> and he's swishing around the building, it's like they give him an extra couple inches. He's six okay. four. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, you're not the tallest guy in the building. That's all right. <laughs> but you know what? I, I like that. If it gives you confidence, you can call oh, yourself the tallest guy in the building. Well, I, I don't want to. I don't want to make a baseless claim. No, you know. But but I, maybe maybe next time I'm with Zach, I'll I'll get a ruler out. Yeah. Well, you, know, you just brought something to my attention, though. I'm getting tired of calling you Christopher. It's. I mean, my goodness. Could you add more syllables in your name? <laughs> Christopher. <laughs> we need you. We need to get you a, a radio nickname. You replaced the wonderful Sneaky Cheek. The sneakiest guy in the radio industry, so I don't expect you to be that sneaky, but we can start thinking of something. Okay, you know. Yeah, I, I've got, I've got nothing. Yeah. What do you like? Dome. What do you like to do? do I, like, I mean, you know, I like movies. Yeah. You know, I'm always talking about movies. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't know. We could call you Stub. Stub. Could, yeah. Like a like a ticket stub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a kind of funny nickname. Hey, Stub. <laughs> hey, hit the hotkey, Stub. <laughs> That it feels like almost derogatory, but I am not sure. Hey, it's kind of nice though. It's, you know, it's, that's it's, what you it's clean. I mean, I mean, hey, look, look me straight in the eyes here. Honestly, you think I like the name Awad? You think I, I like to say I'm the Wad, the king of the Wads? I, I thought you did. I've taken pride in it. Yeah, you, it's a pride right? thing. It's a pride thing. But I wanted to be Aps. The junkie said no to that. They named uh, me Awad, and then out here we are. Seven years later, I got my own show, Awad Radio. I wanted it to be Aps Radio. Right. I don't. Awad flows better. They were it right. Really, it does. They're... It does. It does. I know. And then, and then, yeah. It's just there's something about the wad. It is. It's about because yeah, it's, it's kind of like you're you're it's self-deprecating a little bit. You know yeah, what I mean? Calling myself the people wad. People like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's the wad yeah. and the stub. Stub could work. Yeah. I, I mean, it's it's less syllables for you. You know, if, it if is. three's too much. We'll stick with stub until we come up with something better. Awad and stub on the fan. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.